This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forst Show. I'm nothing if not early, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I, I said it the other day on Friday. I'll say it again. When you called these guys up, it was like Christmas morning. I couldn't wait for the game to start. I haven't been this excited about A's baseball since I think you traded for Marte. I, I, uh, I, I'm jacked. I, what we've seen by Geloff and already Soderstrom doesn't look like he's 21 years old. I don't know how you feel about it. I know I'm excited. Like right now about A's baseball, I'm super excited. It, it, it is exciting, and I, you know, I talked to the writers on Friday, and sort of hesitated to put too much responsibility on these two guys because obviously, you know, we we've got a lot of work to do, and and you know, Cots and his staff are putting in work every day to turn things around. But uh, that said, super exciting to have them here. Fun to watch the way they play the game over the weekend, and um, you know, it's great at this point to think that they'll get two and a half years, two and a half months under their belt this season. And what is it like? for you and your staff it's one thing when you trade for guys and they come over and they're successful but it's different when you draft them you scouted them you draft them you've raised them you've taught them how to play just talk about the difference of your draft picks coming up yeah well it's you know it's fitting to be talking about this today when jacob wilson is here in the ballpark because um, it is and continues to be the, the most fun, the most rewarding part, I think, of all of our jobs is to go out and see a player as an amateur, watch him, evaluate him, put him up on the board, get to call his name, and then see that whole journey from, you know, from the complex in Mesa through all the affiliates and ultimately on this field. That is, that's really, and I, I think everyone in the organization would agree with me, that's the best part of this gig. Did you know he'd be there when you were picking? Jacob? Yeah, we had a, we had a pretty good idea. He would, you know, we spent a lot of time with him. We saw him play a lot. Um, you know, I saw his first game and his last game of the year. We talked to him at the combine. Spent a lot of time with him, and and um, I think we had a pretty good idea he would be there, and that that he was, you know, ultimately going to be the guy. Yeah, that combine is really starting to look like a big hit. I know uh, for MLB Network and getting to see all of it, but the behind the scenes stuff, the fact that you get to meet with all these players for a good amount of time, seems like it's real quality time for you guys to figure out the players you really like. For sure. It's, it is a great event. MLB's done a great job developing it over the last few years and kind of tweaking it in ways to make it more friendly to both the players and the clubs. But, um, but yeah, like you said, the interviews are huge. I, you know, I just sort of helicoptered in for a day, met with a bunch of players. Our, our guys who were there all week met with close to 40 players. Those conversations are, are invaluable at times to kind of you know validate what we think we see about players when you when you hear them talk about it when you you get to spend 30 minutes with Jacob Wilson and ask him about his approach to hitting and and why it is he makes more contact than any other player in the country you get to sort of uh you know see what you think and and hear what the player says it's been great when I heard that five strikeouts oh i was so excited <laughs> contact not not the three true outcomes strikeout walk home run 
a guy that makes con I mean, this is a dream, David. A guy that he puts the ball in play on a consistent basis and he's done it for years. Yeah. Well he's look, he's had a pretty good teacher for the last twenty one years and who, you know, his dad was actually his high school coach. His dad yeah. was his college coach, but to learn from a guy who played the way Jack did, twelve years in the big leagues, you know, both sides of the ball, you, you can tell Jacob knows this game inside and out. You know, we talk so much about that, and you're a Warrior fan, about Steph and Clay and their dads and learning about it. Tyler, obviously, his dad uh, was a great player at Fresno State, a first-round pick by the Giants, and then got up to the big club. And, of course, Jack was one of the best shortstops in Pirates history. How much do you look at that, that, that kind of pedigree? Yeah, it's a big part of what we do now. And, and obviously, our you know one of our other early-round picks, Miles Naylor, has that, that pedigree, too, with the two brothers in the big league. So it, it's a big part of our conversation. And you look at the bloodlines, and there's obviously there's a nature and nurture thing going on there. But um, with a guy like Jacob, who's around the game his whole life, who has his dad, look, they have a, they have a full-size infield in their backyard in, uh, yeah. Southern, in Southern California. So there's never a question how much this kid worked and how much he, he learned about the game when he was home you're always searching for pitching how important was it to go out in this draft and get a lot of pitching yeah we, we put a priority on it after the first few picks obviously excited excited to get jacob and miles and and you know ryan lasco jonah cox also up top but otherwise pitching was a priority and the, the two high school kids we drafted three and four at javeria and cole miller i think we're really excited about a few years ago, we were down in San Jose when the Ports were in town watching them take on the San Jose Giants, and Zach Geloff was a third baseman. And I went, well, hey, looks the part, big kid, good arm. And then now he's a second baseman. You know, the comp right now is Ian Kinsler for some people, but just watching him, you're talking extra base hits, runs scored, you're seeing IQ, he can steal bases, he plays defense. I mean, he's filling up the stat line. What have you seen so far in Zach Geloff? Well, just in three games, I think the best part is is to see that he hasn't abandoned his right center field approach, and he's hit the ball the other way really consistently. Um, you've seen the speed on display. I mean, we mm-hmm. we saw some ground balls hit that, you know, most guys on this team, those are double plays. So it's nice to see him beat out some balls like that and then steal the bases. Um, so it is a complete game. And, you know, the second base thing happened a little bit, you know, when Zach hurt his shoulder. Um, but it just it allows his athleticism to play in the middle of the diamond. The, the throwing slot really works for him. And uh, we also we turned some double plays over the weekend. I'm not sure we've always turned this season. So that's been nice. And Tyler, we got to see it down in spring training. I was talking about it earlier in the show when he walked up where we had our little set set up at Ho-Ho Cam right next to the dugout. And he walked up. I'm like, he doesn't look like a high school kid anymore. No, he's really he's a grown man. He's I mean, filled out. In like, fact, yeah, Jacob's dad, Jack, had Tyler at the Team USA trials when he was 17 years old. And he he saw him out here behind the cage. He goes, oh, man, they do fill out, huh? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look like a kid anymore. He doesn't play like a kid. I mean, I've mentioned he's kind of like a prodigy because of his dad, Steve, and always playing with with uh, his dad, Steve's teaching guys, and he's always playing and catching and hitting against guys much older. But what have you thought about his start so far? No, I think Tyler's gotten off to a nice start. I, I keep waiting for somebody to throw him a fastball because they haven't yet. In in three games, I think he saw two or three fastballs. But, um, but he's been patient. He took his walk the first night couple hits the second night and um and he you know i thought he caught the ball really well on saturday he blocked well he received well so um i uh you know i think he's done a really nice job sort of getting his feet wet here and and looking for both those guys him and zach just you know continue on 
How much does that help that you want him in situations catching, especially guys he's already caught down at AAA? Yeah, I think that was the decision to catch him game two with, with Hogan on the mound. Um, and there was also, we knew there was a good chance Freddie was getting in there and he caught Freddie while he was down there on his rehab assignment. So it, yeah, look, Cots's job here is about putting guys in a position to succeed and making a guy like Tyler feel comfortable early on. You DH him the first night. So he gets his feet wet. You pick a catching assignment for him with guys that he's, he's caught before. And then third day, then you throw him out there at first base where maybe he's had a little bit less time. So, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into this Mark and the staff do a great job talking through these things. Um, and just you know, just trying to make sure we, we get them settled in. Yeah, you mentioned Freddie Tarnock. I, I got to tell you, very impressed, right? Uh, for, I mean, the first time seeing him in his debut, really just one mistake, but uh, it's just great that he's healthy, and you see, I mean, obviously what you guys saw coming from the Braves, this guy's got some serious talent. Yeah, I thought the fastball played really well the other day. I think, you know, slider, curveball a little bit behind, and, and we did see him throw some change-ups. But when your fastball plays like that, and we saw it up to 97, 98, um, we're going to keep him, I think, in that role that, you know, Ken was doing for a little while, some shorter outings just to get, you know, get him settled. But uh, we still see Freddie as a starter, and, and I think he's heading that way. How tough is it, though, right now where we are, where you still have some veteran guys and now you got the younger guys coming because we can still talk about Jordan Diaz and other players who need to play, but the veteran guys need to play. That's a tough one for Kotze. It's also a tough one for you to decide who plays, who doesn't, who gets the at-bats. Yeah, look, I think Mark's done a really good job, and uh, it is a balancing act. He's had really good communication with everybody, young or old, in the clubhouse to make sure they understand you know, when they need to be ready to be in there, you know, under what circumstances they're playing or not. And I mean, look, the bottom line is we're still trying to win. Um, you know, I, I know the record isn't great right now, but um, but winning goes a long way in this clubhouse. And, and particularly when you bring up young players, um, you know, it helps it helps to get some wins under their belt. So uh, it hasn't happened for us in a little bit. Um, you know, I thought we had a chance to win a couple of the games this weekend. That's kind of been the story here. We just don't have the margin for error. But uh, but Kotz is still putting a lineup out there every night that he thinks the matchups work and, and getting the best the best chance to win for this lineup. Lawrence Butler was the star of spring training. Then he goes and plays well at Midland. Now he shows up to Vegas. Boom, he's already going. Just I, I know it's he's going to be here. I know he's going to be here at some point. Uh, maybe in September he will be here this year, but just you have to be real excited about the start down with the Aviators. Very excited. I'm not quite as excited that Spraggy moved him up to Vegas two days before I get to go see Midland play, but he and I <laughs> he and I will talk about that. But um, no, super excited for Lawrence. Had a great first half. Got to show off a little bit in the Futures game, and um, and yeah, hit the ground running in Vegas. I mean that's that's a good park to make your Triple A debut, and he took full advantage of it. I don't I don't know exactly what the measurement was on that ball that hit the palm trees in center field, but uh, he didn't miss any of it. Yeah, I've been out to that pool. That's a that's a pretty deep poke. I was I was like, wow, that's deep. Yeah. Now I'm trying to figure out. We've been calling him Hernais. I've been listening to the play-by-play down in Vegas. They're calling him Hernays. Is it Hernays or Hernays? I'm going with Hernays. All right, Hernays. Uh, Bobby Crosby loves him at short and thinks he can be. So, yeah, obviously, in the Cole Irvin deal, for a lot of A's fans that don't know where he come where he came from, he came over from Baltimore. He's done nothing but hit. How impressed are you with him, especially now in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, similar to the guy we've been talking about today, this 
Daryl has a knack for the barrel and, and for finding hits too. I mean, we, we knew he was athletic when he came over. We knew he was a little rot short and was gonna need some work, but, but we, we felt like the bat was going to carry him and, and, you know, hitting 300 right from the get go in, uh, in double a and, and got his hits right away in Vegas to get off to a good start. So it's fun to watch. I know he had a grand slam last night, um, but most importantly, he's putting the barrel on the ball and, and he's done a really nice job all year. Deadline is coming up. It's just different now. There's more playoff spots. I mean, everybody, you know, that we've over the years we looked at, hey, the Nationals just get in, win the World Series. Philly just got in, got to the World Series. Padres made a little run. How much has the extra postseason, do you think, changed how we look at buyers and sellers? I think it still remains to be seen over the next couple of weeks. This is it's been a little bit of a weird year. You've got teams like the Padres and Mets who are the big spenders and the teams that often go out there at the deadline sort of waiting to see where they are. And I think there are a lot of teams out there in that mode. Um, I mean, I think if you look at the Yankees and Red Sox, often buyers at the deadline, uh, both six games over 500, but also battling for last place in the AL East. So it's been a little bit of a strange year uh, as far as those conversations go. And I think there's still a lot to be decided between now and August 1st. Is there ever a time when you're going through this process where you look at your phone and you go, oh, they're calling? Do you ever get surprised by maybe a team, somebody you know who runs a team, that I didn't think they'd be calling? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and that's that's the part. We talk about sort of this line between buyers and sellers, but but there are plenty of us who try and straddle that line and uh, try and, you know, make moves with an eye maybe on next year. So, yeah, I think there's there's often times where you get a call from someone that, hey, maybe wasn't expecting that that call to happen. Do you think you'll get a lot of calls leading right up to when people maybe didn't get certain deals done, then they come back to you? I think that's that's possible. Yeah, I just think a lot of this is going to come down to the wire. I, I think there are a lot of guys out there saying, I, I need to see my team play 10 games after the yeah. All-Star break to know exactly where we are. Yeah, you mentioned the Padres. You mentioned, I mean, the Mets. And I think the Red Sox, I think these three games right here, wouldn't you say, are big for the Red Sox deciding, are we in or out? I think every game is for those teams. Again, all, all the teams that I've talked to who sort of say that, you know, we've got to see where we are, not sure. I think every game, whether good or bad, every game sort of influences your opinion this time of year. And that's not, it's not necessarily a great way to evaluate. And it's a little yeah. bit emotional, but it's hard. It's hard to avoid that. Is it really hard in like certain years, certain teams, you put so much effort in building the team you've you, you've done so much is it is it hard to pivot where you just go guys we've done everything we can we spent a lot of money we've done this we've done that i is, is that a i mean obviously you're not in that situation right now but you know what that situation's like is I it do. really tough to pivot at this time of the year when you've given so much so much effort and money to try and make it happen yeah it can be a difficult decision i think you know most of the times where we've been close or looked like potential buyers we've tried to take that route just because you feel like there has been so much work put in uh, by the players and staff for four or five months at that point and you know including spring training you want to you want to sort of give them that push um, but yeah we you do look at it that way a little bit like hey I you know I'd rather not give up some of the work we've done let's end on this because I know we're just going to keep seeing young players and we're all for it and we absolutely love it 
But we always joke, there's got to be an adult in the room. There's got to be somebody who's been around. And uh, When you look at like a Seth Brown or somebody, I mean, you don't have to mention a name, but just, just how important is it, though, as you do get younger, there still has to be a guy or two that helps all the young guys. No doubt. No doubt. There's a ton of value in a lot of these guys being here, helping out, teaching these guys what it means to be a big leaguer. So I, I would never would never discount that. I know Mark leans on these guys a lot in that clubhouse. So uh, there's no doubt there's a ton of value in some of those guys you mentioned. Well, I can tell you we're all excited. I mean, every single day I'm ready to rock. Let's see the young guys because uh, the future. I mean, think about it. As David Feldman just said, two years ago the Baltimore Orioles were exactly where the A's are right now, and if they win tonight and the Rays lose, they're tied for first place. Yeah, I like Feldy's spin on that. That's a good one. Great stuff. We'll talk to you soon. Be well. All right, see you, Chris. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.